You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, your host, and with me today is Dr. Laura Wexler, a professor of medicine and cardiology at the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine. Dr. Wexler recently completed a four-year term as chairman of the Cardiovascular Board of the American Board of Internal Medicine. Today, we are talking about the discrepancy in cardiac care between men and women. Welcome, Dr. Wexler. Thank you so much for inviting me. You co-authored a study that was recently published in circulation that looked at gender differences in mortality after acute myocardial infarction. And I'd like you to start by just talking a little bit about the study design. This was an unusual study in that it took advantage of an enormous database, which has been developed as part of the Get With the Guidelines project of the American Heart Association. The American Heart Association felt it very important to try to get the results of clinical trials and evidence-based medicine into practice, and they started this project to try to help hospitals and practices to put into practice the important results of recent clinical trials, which are summarized in published guidelines and statements. So this was a multi-center trial then? A very multi-center, and the database of patients that we looked at included more than 78,000 patients admitted with a confirmed diagnosis of acute myocardial infarction over the period of time between 2001 and 2006. This involved 420 hospitals across the country, and an important point is that it was a very representative database in that it involved all kinds of hospitals, both community and academic health centers, and a wide breadth of patients of all ethnic and socioeconomic status. So what specifically did this particular study look at? We were looking at the outcomes of women compared with men in terms of mortality, but also looking at differences in their treatment, both the kind of diagnostic studies they were subjected to and the kinds of medical and procedural treatments that they received. And what we were comparing was their in-hospital mortality. And we looked both at the early mortality within the first 24 hours and mortality during the entire hospitalization. And was there a difference in mortality after myocardial infarction between men and women? The interesting finding was that when you looked at just the raw numbers, there was a higher mortality in women. However, it's been known for some time that when you compare the population of women admitted with heart attacks to men, they tend to be older, they tend to have more comorbidities, important comorbidities like diabetes and hypertension. So when we controlled for comorbidities so that we were comparing comparable populations, that difference in mortality disappeared with one critically important exception. When we looked specifically at the population with ST elevation MI, the mortality rate in women was substantially higher. The in-hospital mortality for women with ST elevation MI was 10% compared with 5.5% in men. And most of this difference occurred in the first 24 hours. Is this a completely new finding or is this something that other studies have suggested? 
studies have found some similarities. There was a very important study also looking at a huge database by Viola Vaccarino that was published a number of years ago, and that looked at mortality in men compared with women in overall myocardial infarction. And what she showed was that if you looked at women in the perimenopausal period, age 50 to 60, she looked at mortality every five years the mortality rate in women was twice as high. So even though acute myocardial infarction is less common if you compare age-matched women and men, when they do have myocardial infarction in the perimenopausal period, their mortality rate is substantially higher. For the non-cardiologists in the audience, could you please review how an ST elevation myocardial infarction is different than a non-ST elevation? The current nomenclature for myocardial infarction basically defines it as we first see it based on the electrocardiogram because we've learned that when we see the classic sign of myocardial injury, ST elevation, when we look at those patients at a coronary angiogram, we see most commonly a total occlusion. And when we look pathologically, when we have the opportunity to look postmortem, we see most usually a complete occlusion of the artery by a thrombus, an occluding thrombus. When we look at patients who present with evidence of myocardial infarction in terms of positive biomarkers, enzyme and troponin levels, and more nonspecific electrocardiographic findings like ST depression and T-wave inversion, angiographically, we often find not complete occlusion of the artery, but partial occlusion by a ruptured plaque and the beginnings of a thrombus. And extensive natural history studies suggest that what a non-ST elevation MI is, is sort of a heart attack trying to happen in the sense that the initiating precipitant, which is rupture of a plaque, precipitates adhesion of platelets into a platelet plug, some coronary spasm, a thrombus that begins to form, then lysis. It's a more dynamic process in which there is not complete occlusion, but there is still some lesser degree of myocardial necrosis. And are ST elevation myocardial infarctions more common in women than men? And how common is this form of MI just in general in both populations? Well, actually, it's somewhat less common in men. ST elevation MI overall is somewhat less common, but in both men and women, it's about 30% of all myocardial infarctions currently. 35% in men, we found 28% in women. So the difference is there, but it's, it's not huge. So now I'd like to move on to the etiology of this difference in mortality. Is this a matter of a physiologic gender difference secondary to hormonal or some other variables, or is there sex-related disparity in the treatment that someone gets when they arrive in the emergency room? Well, I think our study strongly suggests that the answer to that is both. And I guess to sort of summarize the bottom line, unfortunately, we did show what other investigators have shown in older studies, which there persists some most likely inappropriate differences in the early management of acute myocardial infarction in women. And again, we couldn't precisely parse this out from the data. I'm not sure that these differences, which were small but statistically significant, can completely explain the difference in mortality. 
So there probably are some biological differences, and Vaccarino's study that I alluded to previously suggests that that may be particularly true in perimenopausal women. Having said that, the fact remains that women with acute myocardial infarction, ST elevation acute myocardial infarction, were somewhat less likely to receive early aspirin therapy, less likely to receive early beta blocker therapy, they were less likely to be treated with acute reperfusion therapy. And the other thing which was dismaying is that when we looked at the timeliness of reperfusion therapy, knowing that this is critically important in getting optimal outcomes, we found that women were less likely to be treated within what is now the recommended time frame for either medical reperfusion therapy with thrombolytic drugs or early angioplasty for acute infarct angioplasty treatment of MI. So I think that when we try to figure out why is this, although one could argue that perhaps women are less often sent for treatment like bypass surgery because the complication rate may be somewhat higher, perhaps women are less often treated with thrombolytic therapy because some studies have suggested they may have a slightly higher risk of hemorrhagic complications. If you just look at something as simple and as proven as aspirin therapy and beta blocker therapy and acute infarct angioplasty, it still suggests that there is some gender bias in the aggressive management of women with evidence-based treatments. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and I'm speaking with Dr. Laura Wexler, a professor of medicine and cardiology at the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine. Today, we are discussing gender differences in mortality after acute myocardial infarction. Dr. Wexler, when you talk about this delay in treatment and difference in treatment, were you able to tell specifically why that happened? Was the issue with the paramedics, the physicians, ER triage? Were they left in the waiting room longer? Do you have any idea why that would be? You know, we really could not dissect out that information from the study that we did. It's a great, great question. But the kind of data that we looked at did not permit us to fine-tune our analysis to that degree. I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that women are sitting in the waiting room longer before they're attended to, or once they are attended to, that they truly are just taken less seriously or not? You know, I suspect there's a component of slow realization on the part of the healthcare providers who initially see women to appreciate the importance of this. I think there are some differences in the presentation of women with heart attack that sometimes make it more subtle and more difficult to ascertain that this may really be an MI. But I also think that some of the responsibility lies with women themselves. Surveys have suggested that women do not always understand that they are at risk for heart disease. They do not, as we say, know their numbers. They do not know their risk factors. Some of the responsibility lies with women themselves. Well, I think they need to be their own advocate. And I think, you know, my feeling is that when a man has a heart attack, the woman is in there in the emergency room, essentially, you know, pushing to get him seen, pushing to get him taken care of. And 
if a woman can't be her own advocate, sometimes I think she doesn't have someone. But the, the point you make about presenting differently, I think, is very important. Could you talk a little bit about how heart attacks present differently in women than men? If you look at the initial presentation of a heart attack in men compared with women, there are certainly are similarities. The majority of women do present with the classic signs of chest pain. However, they are more likely than men to present atypically with symptoms other than classic substernal crushing chest pain. Women are more likely to present with arm pain, shortness of breath, indigestion, atypical radiation patterns, just shortness of breath. So I think the women who present with so-called atypical symptoms are patients who may get missed. There was a very important study about patients presenting with heart attacks who were inappropriately sent home, a large survey of hospitals. And two of the things that were characteristic of MIs that were missed were one, female gender, two, presenting with only dyspnea as a symptom. Third was presenting with a normal electrocardiogram. So I think the atypicality of women's symptoms at times may divert physicians or triage people in emergency rooms from having a high enough index of suspicion. Mm -hmm. I'd like to return a little bit to the difference in mortality in women. Did this study control for things such as hormone status, if someone was taking hormone replacement, hormone extension, perimenopause versus menopause? That is a really, really great question and one that we plan to look at, but that did not come out in this particular study. Are you able to go back and look at it later? Do you know who was taking hormone replacement or what someone's hormonal status was? Well, certainly the database includes all of the drugs that were known at the time of admission. It is interesting to think about the possibility that some women on hormone replacement therapy may not have reported that as a, quote, drug or medication. That's one of the things that we must teach medical students and residents is don't ask the patient, what medications are you taking? Ask what medications, drugs, supplements, over-the-counters, et cetera, hormones, et cetera. I mean, this is such an amazing opportunity with this large of a database to actually look at that and, of course, look at the question of the time frame in which hormone replacement was started because I think we all still think that the jury is not out in terms of immediate hormone replacement versus delayed hormone replacement, such as we saw in WHI and cardiac health, and this would be a nice opportunity to look at that. I couldn't agree more. I also feel that maybe more questions were raised than answered by the Women's Health Initiative, and I'm not sure we really understand the risk-benefit analysis of early hormone replacement therapy. I would like to thank Dr. Wexler, who has enlightened us on gender inequity in the diagnosis and treatment of acute cardiac events. I am Dr. Lauren Stryker. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening.